Hello, my friends. It's Ryan from the Prolific Creator Podcast. Now, many of you have asked, hey, Ryan, how do I support the show? Well, I finally listened. Starting today, you can subscribe to the Prolific Creator Plus on ACAST Plus for $3 a month. That's less than a cup of coffee. No apps to download and listen wherever you get your podcasts. Get access to the entire archive of Prolific Creator Awesomeness. Over 160 episodes going back to 2017. Yes, that's right, my friends. A plethora of information and inspiration, tips, tricks, and interviews to get your art and work into the world. Remember those ads? Say bye, bye, bye. Wait, there's more. For $5 a month, you can get access to the full prolific creator experience. This includes the full archives, early access to episodes, listener Q&A, book and movie reviews, and interviews not for the public, and perhaps any other awesomeness I might do on the microphone. Sounds awesome, right? Yeah, it does, Ryan. If you want to listen for free, you'll notice the last 50 episodes or so will always be available wherever you listen to podcasts. Remember, by subscribing today, you don't have to download any new apps, and you can simply keep listening on the podcast platform you prefer. Cool. Okay. Cool. Thanks for your love and support in advance. Simply click on the link in the show notes or on my website, and it'll take you where you need to go. Now on to the show. Welcome to the Prolific Writer Podcast, where speed's the name of the game. Follow an indie author and publisher and his guests as they share inspiration, tips, and advice on writing fast, writing often, and writing well, so you can do the same. Here's Ryan. Howdy, howdy. This is Ryan for the Prolific Writer Podcast. Really glad that you joined us today. And I wanted to share a very inspiring post that I read today. Uh, Before we get into that, I want to let you know about a few books coming out. Uh, One exciting thing that's in the works is Antique Assassin 2 through our publishing company, rockhousepublishing.com. The audiobook for Antique Assassin 2 is in the works. Um, Hopefully that will be probably finished shortly at the end of the, I should say, beginning of 2017. So first week of January, maybe second week should be ready to go. Um, we also are excited to announce the print version of antique assassin two is available on Amazon. So go and check that out. Antique assassin two fun story, action, adventure, uh, Dexter O'Kane series, small town, uh, antique collector that, uh, has his father who's comes home from prison and uh, they get into all kinds of trouble. That's all I'm going to say about that. So go and check that out. Um, also, if you haven't checked out The Gospel Marinated Life, check that out as well. A book I wrote um, not too long ago. Um, it's a book about discipleship, what it means to follow Jesus, one of our nonfiction titles. So check that out. And uh, a lot of good stuff going on. Some other things, projects in the works that I'll share uh, at a later date. But uh yeah, I'll keep that under my hat for now. So uh, I, I came across a blog post uh, today that I thought was very inspiring. And I love to share inspiring things, uh, especially that relates to being a prolific writer. That's really what this podcast is dedicated to is how do we write fast? How do we write often? How do we write well? 
and that's not a contradictory of terms is that you can write fast and you can write often you can write well and i think there's a lot of stories a lot of ideas a lot of things that people want to share with the world um, maybe they're afraid to share maybe they're 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 timid and this takes on many shapes and sizes and i hope this podcast isn't just limited to writing but i know most writers listen to this podcast that are writing in some way, shape or form, but you begin to realize that a lot of these things apply to all of life. And so, uh, you know, that project, that thing you wanted to do, that idea, that passion, that business you wanted to start, that, uh, relationship you wanted to begin, um, something that just kind of was there and maybe life got in the way or, uh, kids got in the way or marriage or suffering or sickness, whatever it may be. Um, but but there's these these stories, these ideas, these things you want to share with the world, um, art that you want to share with the world, um, and maybe you're scared to do that. And so, uh, one of a I would say a great author, um, an indie author um, named Russell Blake. Um, you can see his website russellblake.com. I'll put that in the show notes. You can check out this this article. And I'm not going to read it verbatim because if you want to read the article, you can. But I want to I want to take a couple of his ideas and share a couple of them because I think it relates to the aspiring author, um, the aspiring writer. Uh, and also it, it relates to being prolific, um, writing a lot, writing often, um, not being afraid. And we're going to talk a lot during these episodes about resistance and struggle and getting our butts in the chair and what holds us back from doing the things, uh, that we, 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 we want to do or need to do. But for some reason, we're just kind of held back where, especially in writing, it's a, it's a weird, weird game. Um, I find myself very insecure even still after publishing, you know, a dozen things and articles and blogs. And there's just this insecurity of, it's just not good. It's no one's going to read it. And, and you become just kind of in your head and, um, and, and, and the reality is it's not always good. It's not, nothing's perfect. Nothing's, um, going to be, you know, the next great thing. Um, but when you have these ideas and these dreams and these, these things you want to share with people or, or, or things you want, you think will help people, um, or you're writing a fiction book and, um, want to entertain people or get people to think or people to laugh or people to cry, whatever it may be. Um, there's this, this sense of resistance. And so Russell Blake wrote this, this article and he hadn't written anything in a while. I follow his blog and he always has thoughtful things to say. And, uh, he just finished his 51st book, which is kind of insane. And, uh, I, I hope, and we can get him on the, on the podcast in the future. Uh, one of the most prolific writers I've seen in the last five years, he's been, uh, publishing books at a crazy clip. I think he's only been writing for three or four years. Seriously. And he's already written 51 books. So he just gets after it. Um, and, uh, and so he, he talked a little about, he's just reflecting on, um, his 51st book beginning to write his 52nd and, um, and, and kind of give some advice to aspiring authors. And so I'm going to highlight a couple of these things that I think are, are very applicable and kind of give my own t spin on them or my own thoughts on them. But one of them, he says, is determine who you are and why you're doing whatever you're doing and do it with purpose and do it with passion. Ensure, ensure your identity pervades your work and don't flinch from who you are. Attempt to second guess its imprint on your writing. Maybe it will make, 
will make it unsellable results in genius or somewhere in between, but at least it will be a true reflection of who you are in your work. And that's what will set you apart. I think it's a, a great principle is to determine who you are and why you're doing what you're doing. Um, it's the question of why, why do I do what I do? Uh, I, I think sometimes we, we create art or we, we write or we share ideas or, or whatever it is. And we don't really ask the question, well, why, why? Um, and, and then he says, you know, do it with purpose and do it with passion it is to put your whole guts into it, to not just do it because, you know, um, you want to make money or, or do it because you feel like you have to do it, but do it with, with passion, with love, um, if you go back and listen to episode number one, I talk about that writing with love for the love, writing with passion. When there's a, just a, a deep passion, a deep love, um, you, you write well. Um, I'm, I'm working on a, um, edits for a book I wrote for national novel writing month. I do that every year in November and write a, mo- a novel in a, in a month. And I love the the structure of that because it, it, it forces you it inspires you. You get to write with a bunch of people and in a community, uh, to just spit out the words in a month. And so I'm working on this novel and, and I really just love this novel. Um, I know it's not the best next, you know, great American novel, but I just began to kind of love the characters and I I love the themes behind it. Um, And as I was writing it, I I don't always know exactly what themes will come out or where it'll go, but there's just this theme of, of growing up and maturing and life and how life is a struggle. And um, you know, there's a character who gets cancer and, um, there, there's, you know, this kid who's, who's in college, he's trying to find his way in the world. And, um, and, and we've all kind of been there and, uh, and had that struggle and, you know, what am I going to do with my life? And, um, but I just, I, I, I love the, the, it just, I was just felt very in tune with the book and, and passionate about it because I think it's something I relate to. And, and I think people that read it will relate to the, the struggle, um, so if you want to be a, a long-term prolific writer is you got to know who you are and why you're doing what you're doing. And then when you figure that out is, is just do it with passion. Um, put your whole life into it, your whole guts into it. Um, I think that's great advice. Um, and, and I think uh, there, there's a couple more uh, principles here. He gives a bunch of them and I'll just uh, share a couple of them. But uh one of them, he says, as much of the time you might not have much or any enthusiasm, things might seem indistinct or pointless or meandering. Trust that you will find your story compass on rewrite. Don't use the lack of it as an excuse to not write if writing is what you want to do. This is a, a huge piece of advice is writing through the resistance. There's going to be days where you just don't want to write. And there's going to be days where you just don't. You just say, I, I just can't, uh, maybe you can't physically because you're sick. Maybe you just don't have the time that day and, and things just got away from you, but there's going to be days where you, you know, you have time and you've carved out some time. Maybe for you, it's first thing in the morning. Maybe it's late at night. Maybe it's over lunch and you sit down to write those words and you just don't have it. just don't feel it. Um, just the muse, whatever you want to call it just isn't there. And, and you just, kind of give up and end up just checking Facebook or watching cat videos or, uh, taking a nap or whatever it is, but there's something magical that happens in writing and I can't explain it. And if you are a writer, you'll know what I'm talking about. If you're a spying writer, you might even know what I'm talking about, but even when you don't feel like it, 
the difference between when you feel like it and when you don't feel like it are very negligible. And you may not agree with that. Now, there are times where I'm really excited and I have a lot of energy and, and I'm just really excited about the project, whatever the project is, and it just flows and it goes fast. Uh, but you know what? I can't really tell when I look at my work and I'm rewriting and I'm editing and sending it off to editors and everything else. I can't really tell the difference. The days when I just really had it, the days I didn't have it. Because when I go back to rewrite and I go back to edit and, and proofread and things, it's amazing how much good stuff there is. Um, and that's what rewrites are for. And that's what going back and looking over is for. And yeah, of course there's, there's sloppy stuff and there's misspelled words and there's unclear sentences and ideas and maybe there's plot holes and, um, and you know, maybe you got your research wrong or quoted the wrong thing or, you know, whatever it is, but there's going to be those days where there's just no enthusiasm. Um, and, days when it just looks nasty and it looks gross and the words aren't coming together and the sentences aren't coming together. And it's not a big deal folks. It's just not, we can write more words. We can delete. That's the beauty of a computer. Just hit the delete button, right? We can rewrite, we can reframe it. We can, can, can trash it. We can start over. And, 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 and the reality is though, if we're waiting for this, this magical inspiration, if we're waiting for this muse to show up, if we're waiting for the, you know, the magic writing fairy to fall down and land on our shoulder, it's just not going to happen. And that's, that's the beauty of writing. It's, it, it's a very strange thing. And, and I think most prolific writers, they, they don't wait for a muse is their muse is, is there every morning, eight o'clock, uh, first thing in the morning or late at night when they sit down and they write their words and they put those ideas down. Um, and, and so don't get hung up on this, you know, it needs to be perfect. And if it's not perfect, then why do it again? That's what, what rewriting's for. That's what editing's for. That's what doing another pass is for. Um, and we have to put the time in, um, and, and what, what happens too, is I think over time when you want to, if you want to get more prolific is that you build this muscle where even when it, you don't have it and you don't feel it is you can still fight through it and you can still get, get the words out. And again, they may not be great words. They may not be, be brilliant words, um, but you still get those words down and you still move that story ahead or you move that book ahead, whatever that book may be or project is. Um, and I think that again, this applies to all of life. I mean, if, if we just give up, yeah, I'm just not feeling today. I'm not going to go to work. You know, I, I just don't feel like being a husband today. I don't feel like being a dad today. I'm just gonna, you know, give up and just go crawl in a hole. Like we don't have that option. Right. And so we, we, we fight through it. We, we walk, we walk through it. So when the enthusiasm isn't there, when you're not feeling it, just keep fighting, fighting through another word of advice that I think is important. And I think this will help you be more prolific is write stories. You would want to read, not stories. You think some random hypothetical audience might want to, uh, I think that's great advice. So write stories that you want to read, not stories. You think some random hypothetical audience might want to, you need to write what you like to write. Um, I know there's a lot of advice out there, you know, write what you know, but I think that's silly. Um, here's a couple of reasons why that's silly. One is if you're a, a fantasy writer, um, do you really know about dwarves and elves and magic and swords? Not, not really. No one does. It's not real. Right. Um, 
you know, if you're writing about a character who's a plumber and you're not a plumber, I mean, do you really need to be a plumber to write about plumbing? I mean, that, those could be pretty boring books if you're a plumber and just want to write plumber characters, and that's fine. I know people that are in the military, they can write military books and have some insight into that, but but there's nothing that says we, we have to know the subject that well. I find even when I write nonfiction is that part of writing nonfiction for me is about learning the subject. It's not that I'm an expert in it. No one's an expert in anything. Um, and, and yet you learn and you grow and you, you study and you, you figure things out. And so, um, you know, to say that, you know, write what, you know, um, you know, you, you write what you kind of know you, you write cause you know, some things you've had some experiences. Um, but I think it comes back to writing those stories that you want to read. I mean, what are the things you enjoy? Um, what are the kind of books that you, you read and you like? Um, I would say also what, what's a book that just isn't there that you wish was there and write that book. Um, I started this, this podcast because, um, I'm in this, this writing racket and there weren't a lot of podcasts that focus specifically on being prolific and writing a lot and writing often and how people do that. Um, because you just kind of see people come and go, they write, write a book or write, you know, start a blog and then they're gone next year, a couple of years, they just kind of disappear. Um, but, but, but getting into kind of the craft, getting into the mindset, getting into the, how do you, how do you do this for a, a lifetime? How do you do this for the long term? Um, because I think if you want to be a long-term writer and you want to be a lifelong writer is you have to be a lifelong learner and, um, figure out systems and, and figure out who you are and figure out why there's resistance and, and how to keep going. Because I, I think there's the ones who make it in the end are the ones who just keep going and they have those breakthroughs cause they, they don't stop. They just keep going and keep writing those stories and, and sharing those words. But, but I think woven into that are, you have to write stories that you want to read things that are exciting to you. Um, one of the things I, I realized too, is, um, as I've, I've written a couple novels during national novel writing month is, is that, um, I like to read books that aren't filled with fluff. Um, I don't like, you know, 900 page kind of books with a lot of details and, uh, meandering and describing, you know, every tree and every highway. I, I like, I, I realize I, I, I gravitate towards books and I always have of kind of action packed kind of books, books that move along, especially in fiction, you know, um, Stephen King can be that way, but you know, James Patterson and John Gershom and, um, you know, Lee child and, and some of these just, you know, fun mysteries and things like that. Like things are happening, things are moving ahead. It's not just kind of slowly going along. And I, I read all kinds of stuff, but um, but I like reading those books. And so I, I've realized that when I write the stuff I write, I, I, I don't want to fill it with just fluff and description. And I, I want things to happen. I want action to happen. So part of that is writing the stories that, that you like. Um, when I read nonfiction books, write nonfiction books, I find that a lot of nonfiction books are just filled with padding um, and extra fluff. And so a lot of things I've written have been try to be tight and try to be clean and straightforward, not just filled with extra stuff. That's really just not necessary and wasting people's time, but getting to the point and, and being helpful and those kinds of things. Um, so be thinking about that. What, what are the things you want to write? And I think, you know, I know it's cliche, but, but sometimes those kind of books and those kind of projects, they just write themselves. Um, because it's, it's the kind of book that you want to write. It's the kind of book you like to write and, and usually the kind of book you like to read. Um, and so, so th be thinking about that. The other thing would be, um, yeah, he, he says in here, be true to yourself, but be willing to compromise when qualified criticism is offered. 
it's possible you're wrong. Listen to sage counsel, but in the end, it's your work and you have to take responsibility for making it as good as you can. Um, again, I think, um, is just be, be true to yourself, be true to what you believe you need to write or what you are writing. Um, obviously take criticism or counsel when needed. Um, and, but you know, take responsibility for making it the best that it can be. Um, doesn't mean we write junk. I mean, you may, you may have some great ideas, um, but they may be off the wall, kind of crazy ideas. Um, and I, I've met writers like that too, where it's like, Hey, I'm going to write this book about, you know, unicorn kittens that take over the world. And I just say, you know, Hey, that's a, that's a great idea. But, um, I don't, I don't know if anyone's ever going to read that or, um, you know, it doesn't sound that interesting to me. Maybe that you can make it interesting and you could probably make any story interesting. Um, or, you know, or, or a nonfiction book that, you know, they just really are passionate about, you know, crocheting or, um, something very, very, very niche, um, but, but you just say, you know, maybe, maybe you need to make that a little broader, a little more, you know, a wider net and make it the best that you can. Um, and take responsibility for that too. Um, is just be true to yourself. You know, if, if there's, you like to write mysteries, you like to write horror, you like to write sci-fi, you like to write nonfiction, Christian fiction, you know, Christian books, um, theological books, whatever it is, um, leadership books, you know, do that and do it well and take responsibility for it. Um, I, I think there's, there's, there's this thing where we, we look out in the landscape of, of publishing and we look out in the landscape of writing and we, we just say, you know, I have to be like this or I have to be like so-and-so, or I want the career that so-and-so had. Um, I, I think the best thing that you can do and the best way you'll find an audience is just, again, write the things you want to write, um, the things you, you enjoy and you'll find an audience. You will, um, that the, there's, there's um, so many projects I've written that I just thought, you know, I don't know if anybody cares about these things, um, but there are things I care about and slowly, but surely, uh, people find the work and, uh, and resonate with it. And it may, they may resonate in a way that, that you don't, you know, never thought possible, but, but it, you're being true to yourself. Uh, you're being true to what, what's in your heart and what, what passion you have and what, um, ideas you have, um, so, so a huge, uh, principle here, be true to yourself, willing compromise when necessary. Um, but, uh, but again, take responsibility for, for the work you're producing. I love this one. This is probably one of my favorite ones, um, is Russell Blake in his article says you're on the planet for a finite amount of time. Anyone who knows someone diagnosed with a fatal illness will tell you that it changes them. The idea that they have unlimited runway collapses and they're left with their mortality being a known quantity rather than an abstract. Don't wait until you're diagnosed, recognized we all have the same disease, a limited life expectancy, and make your time count as though you'll never get any more of it because you won't. So if you're going to write or sing or dance or pound nails with a hammer or any of a million other possible things, do it for real because going through life phoning in is a lousy way to go about it. Huge, huge, huge. That's probably one of my, my favorite uh principles there is we do have a limited time and that's not rocket science. That's not anything new to anyone is our lives are short. Um, and our lives are, um, finite and, um, and, and so you have this, this short time on earth and you have these ideas and you have these dreams and, um, you know, 
for me, I, I, you know, believe God wires us in certain ways and, um, gifts us in certain ways, gives us opportunities and experiences and abilities that, um, he would want us to use, um, for good things. And, um, and, and so we don't want to waste that. And I think sometimes, um, and, and I would say, um, I like what, what Blake says here, um, about, you know, we all know when, you know, we all know someone that's been diagnosed with a fatal illness, um, which is true, but we all have a fatal illness and that's death is that it, it is coming for all of us. So we don't have a choice in that. Um, but a lot of times it's that illness or that loss of job or, um, you know, just kind of waiting for something to happen before we start doing the work, um, before we, we start working on that novel or working on that book. Um, and I don't think that's, that's the way it should be. We don't need to wait for that to happen. Um, because we know again, time is, is limited and, uh, and we're not given insurmountable time. Um, and it doesn't mean we need to live in fear. It doesn't mean we need to live with regret or live with guilt, you know, or shame. but we can live with, with purpose and we can, can take advantage of each day, um, and, and make the time for the things that we think are most important. Um, I wrote a, wrote a book a couple years back on productivity, which I'm, I'm really proud of. It's, it's, it's actually a book that, um, that people tend to like, and, um, it's not my biggest seller, but, but it's, uh, I think it's unique. It's, it's, it's a, it's a productivity book, but kind of from a Christian perspective, and just the idea of legacy and the idea of we've been given gifts and opportunities and experiences and, 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 and ability and talent. And often we don't think about, you know, 50 years from now or what we want to leave behind or, um, and so we're always kind of waiting for that next thing, um, you know, or the open door or whatever. Um, but I talk a lot about that in that book and productivity is just about re- thinking about our legacy and thinking about giving effort and time to the things that matter most. Um, and and when you say that, it, it, you know, it's, it's different for everybody, what we think matters most. Um, but when you have those, those things that you really want to bring joy to people and you want to bring help to people, I think books are still one of the the greatest ways to do that. And, and to a large audience, um, is you can bring great joy to people. Um, you know, helping them and, you know, writing a, a nonfiction book about marriage, you know, helping their marriage or their productivity, for example, or, you know, even writing an, a fiction book and, and giving them a few hours of, you know, entertainment and amusement and thought provoking ideas. Um, you know, I, th- I think about, there's been times where I've gone through some hard things in my life and, um, you know, my wife and I were in a hospital, uh, at one time in our life and, uh, going through a difficult pregnancy. And, um, but I just remember there were some books that I was reading, you know, just kind of trying to keep your mind, you know, maybe on some, some different things. And, um, but just the gift that was, uh, for someone to take the time to, to write a book and, and I could, I could enjoy that for, for a time to kind of keep my, my mind on, on something. And it was, it was very enjoyable. And I said, you know, that's, I don't think a lot of people think about when they're writing a book that that's what, you know, someone might be in a hospital room and needing, you know, just some hope or some, some amusement for a few minutes to kind of keep their minds on something else. But, you know, that's the gift of, of writing is you can change someone's life with a sentence or with a word or with a paragraph. Um, that's the power of the written word. Um, so don't, don't take that lightly. Um, we only have a short amount of time, so, um, use it wisely and, and don't, you know, and like he said, this is, this isn't just about writing. This is also about, 
you want to dance, you want to paint, uh, you want to, you know, move to Africa, you want to start that ministry or start that business or whatever it is. Um, don't, don't let time just kind of pass you by in that. A couple other things here that I think are, are helpful, um, for the aspiring writer, for the, the prolific writer, um, is well, a couple of these are, are similar, but, but he talks a little bit about, you know, you're, you're not automatically interesting or relevant. Um, that's going to take some work and some time. Um, and, uh, I, I think, um, what he's saying here is, is that I, I think sometimes we, we think because we we've written something or because we've, we have a social platform or people know us or whatever it is that somehow that we're just automatically interesting, um, or automatically, um, relevant. And I would say writing is a weird thing. Um, I would say my closest friends and probably my closest family members, um, while some of them read my stuff, don't really care all that much. Um, and that's not because, you know, they don't like me or they don't think what I write is good or anything. Um, but for a lot of people, it's, it's just not, it, it's this nebulous thing, right? It's just kind of this nebulous thing. It feels like, well, why would you do that? Or why would you spend the time to do that? Uh, isn't that a waste of time? Um, you know, can you make a living doing that? Can you, you know, um, it just seems like kind of a, a strange thing, but you know, if you are a writer, it's, it's one of those things you just have to do and people don't have to understand it. Um, but, but I think there just has to be a patience too. I mean, and I, and I would, I'm kind of taking a, di- a little different angle than what Russell Blake is saying here, but, but I think there's also just, just finding your audience and finding, um, you know, a community of people that, that want to enjoy your work or your a community of people you can help or encourage or, you know, share your stories with that, that enjoy your stories and want to, you know, buy everything is that, that takes time and, uh, it takes a lot, a lot of time. Um, I was just listening to an interview with, um, Wayne Stinnett. I think that's how you say his name. Uh, he writes kind of action adventure books, um, and, uh, set in the Florida keys. They're, they're really cool books. And, uh, he was just on a podcast and talking about how he built his platform and, um, how he found an audience and, and he just said it was just very slow. It was, you know, got 10 people on his email list and just slowly added one after another, after another, and, you know, sold a few books here and there, you know, wrote three books, nothing, no one no, didn't really do much. And then just kind of slowly built an audience. And, and he just kind of said that he said, just be patient. Um, and, and again, he, he, he wasn't talking about being famous. He wasn't talking about being, you know, Stephen King or, you know, uh, someone seeing you and going, Oh, he, Hey, he's, you know, equivalent of a, a famous actor, not, not that on any level. Um, I mean, 99.9% of authors aren't, you couldn't recognize them, you know, in the streets, uh, maybe Stephen King, maybe a couple others, but, but not really many. Um, but, uh, but, but it takes time. And, and at the end, that's not the goal. That's not the aim. That's not the aim is to be someone or be something. Um, but to take it slow and say, there's people that are, that are going to be there and they're going to support you and, and be with you and, um, and, and don't freak out over it. Um, it's not going to be automatic. Um, so good, good stuff. Good stuff here. Um, uh, another one, I think what, what was really good and this, this is important because this is the, the frustrating part of writing is, you know, hopefully you're not trying to be rich or get rich over it. Cause it's not going to happen. Um, but, um, it says, don't pursue sales count or he doesn't say count. He says court readers, be the author who delivers what nobody else can or otherwise what's the point. 
Try to make a few bucks at a long shot endeavor at which the odds say you'll fail. Why bother if that's the motivation? Money and acclaim may or may not come, but in the meantime, there's only the now. Make your now awesome, even if it takes everyone else forever to catch on to how awesome your now is. Um, definitely don't make money the the motivator here. Um, you know, you can make a few bucks quickly. Um, you know, you can make a, a, a lot of bucks long term. And those are all possibilities and potentials, but, but don't make that the, the reason court your readers, um, give them something worth reading. Um, do your best, put your, your best effort into it. I'm amazed, uh, when I look back at some of my older work and, uh, you know, just, I didn't know really anything, um, about what it looks like to write, um, how to do it, how to outline it, how to put it together, um, how to string sentences together that made sense. Um, I just kind of wrote from the heart and, and, you know, and I'd been writing for pretty much my whole life, but, but putting something together that's coherent and makes sense and and is helpful. And and you kind of look back and you just see the growth. Um, and, and it's still not a motivator at all. Um, the money piece is, is just, you kind of just keep growing and you keep learning and you just keep putting work out and, and, you know, and then some people find it and buy it and, and that's fine. Um, I mean, w- one of the reasons and the, the way I even started my publishing company was, was mainly because I had a, I had someone, uh, smarter than me that said, you, you better, you know, figure that out if, you know, money starts coming in, which I, I didn't think any money would come in ever. Um, but money did. And, and so, um, you know, setting up your own account, setting up a publishing company and, and kind of, um, doing it the right way. Um, but again, that's still not, not the motivator. It's, it's not what, what gets me up in the morning. It's not what, what puts, you know, um, fingers to keyboard. Um, because I know in, in life and my, 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 my day job, it's, um, that that's never motivated me, um, honestly. Um, and you know, in the work I do, it's, <laughs> there's not a ton of money there and probably never will be. Uh, but th- that's just not a motivator. I, I want to do good work and, and want to make an impact and, and be faithful and, and serve people and help people. And, um, and, and money's not, you know, the motivating factor. Um, and so don't make it yours either. Um, write for the love, um, care about your readers, care about the people who are trying to help, trying to encourage, trying to inspire, trying to entertain, Um, and, and I think you'll do really good work when you think of it that way. And I think you'll be more prolific, um, because I know, um, from experience that, that sales and are are up and down and on all over. And so if you're depending on that, um, and depending on that for your worth and your value and, and whether you keep going or not, it's just going to be an up and down thing. And so you just have to kind of know that going in. Um, and so, so just be careful of that. Um, Um, I I like this one. Don't kid yourself that you're better than you are. You might be decent, even pretty good. You'll probably get better with time if you try, but it won't happen because you feel like it should. You'll pay for every improvement with sweat and tears. That's part of the job. Think of it as cutting onions if you like, although I hate cutting onions, so I eat out a lot. All of us think we're awesome. All of us think we're great. Um, All of us think we write the best stuff there is, um, probably on some level. Um, and you will get better though. And, uh, over time you will get better. And I I love, I was just, uh, talking about this Wayne Stinnett. He actually was telling, 
telling a story of how, and I think he even writes this in his books uh, or in a book. I think he wrote a book on writing and he was just talking about how he actually, he's pretty honest. He's like, I'm not a good writer. Um, he says, I'm a good storyteller. And he kind of explains what that means. And he says, you know, I don't, I don't write beautiful prose and, and, you know, you wouldn't look at my work and say, wow, this is really awesome and, and literary and, you know, the way he strings sentences together, um, talks about how he, you know, didn't go to school for writing and never took a writing class or anything, but you know, he, he sells a lot of books and he sells a lot of books because he's a good storyteller. He knows how to tell a story. And, and that's the truth is I think sometimes we do get hung up on the actual mechanics of writing rather than the story that you're telling. Um, and there's a big difference there. Um, I, some people read because they like the words and they like the, the floweriness and the way they flow and things like that. And they get kind of hung up on that and, and that's fine. Um, and, and I think there's a place for that, but I, but, but you can have really nice words and flowery words and just really tell a terrible story. Um, and that could be for nonfiction too. And sometimes we, we try to impress people. We try to sound smart. We try to use big words and, and, and yet sometimes those big words and sometimes those complex words get in the way of actually being clear and being straightforward and actually telling a good story. Um, and so be careful in that. Um, it, because what I'm saying is that the thing that you're trying to grow in and the thing that you're trying to get better at isn't necessarily how to get better at spelling and grammar. Um, you know, you can find tools that can correct those things and that's not a bad thing, but it's to become a better storyteller. So, but it's, it's kind of getting out of your own way and being free to just explain things and teach and, um, be clear on what you're trying to do. Uh, and so be careful of that when you, you think about what it means to be good or to be better, because I think some people go, well, I'm really a good writer because I can, I know what adjectives are. I know what adverbs are. I know what nouns and verbs are and how they work and how to put something. And that, that's fine. Uh, but that doesn't mean you're that great. Um, because if you did go through high school and, and you did pass your English classes, most people know what all those things are. That doesn't mean they're good writers. Um, and there's been a lot of, I, I think, too much of the high school teaching and college teaching on writing and creative writing that, that becomes, you know, good writers know where commas go and good writers know where, where adjectives go. Um, and again, that has nothing to do with books that are enjoyable or that are helpful or clear or, or you know, make you laugh, make you cry. Um, they're good storytellers and that makes, makes all the difference. Um, so, uh, don't kid yourself. You're probably not as good as you think, but you can get better and, uh, and you're going to get better as you put in the time and, and put in the work, put in the words. Um, and so, yeah, so good advice here from, from Russell, Russell Blake. Let me give just a couple more and we'll, we'll be done for this episode. Um, one other thing um, is he talks about mastering your craft, similar to the last one, but he says, you know, master your craft or at least try. You likely never will. That's part of the challenge. Revel in it. Don't hate the goal. Posts always seem to move just a little farther away. If it were easy, everyone would do it. Uh, I love that. Master the craft. I, I, I think uh, an eye-opening thing for me is as I've listened to different interviews and read different books about writing and writers, uh, especially prolific ones and long-term writers, is that they all say the same thing, if they're honest, is they're still learning and they're still mastering the craft um, because there's there's always another way to turn a phrase. There's always another way to write a book and do something a little different and push the limits. And um, 
And I think those are um, really important um, when you think about all the um, ways of getting better. So I, I think, you know, I, being a prolific writer too, I think is really important is, um, and you don't have to agree with all the advice. I remember listening to an interview with Lee Child um, or Childs, I forget if it's Childs or Child, but uh, the prolific Jack Reacher novels. And he says, you know, don't listen to any advice, um, but, you know, you can learn from different advice. Um, and Because what he's saying is even this podcast and even, you know, things that I share and people we bring on and, and they talk about the writing craft, it's it's not the advice, capital T. Um, it's It's some advice. It's a way to think about something. It's a principle. Um, and, you know, to master the craft, there, there is no mastering of anything. There's no perfection under heaven. Um, there's nothing that will be perfect. There's no arrival in this game, um, in the writing game. And so um, when you think about that is learn from other people. Um, I, I have ton looking at my bookshelf right now. I have tons of writing books. Um, and I found that, that, that reading different people and, and getting different ideas, how to outline a novel, how to write a nonfiction book, you know, um, you know, getting better at grammar and, and all those kinds of things. There's always something to take away from it. Um, reading autobiographies of and biographies of other authors and what they've done in their lives and, and different things they've learned along the way. Um, those all can be very, very helpful. And so, um, I just want to encourage you in that is, is just to continue to don't get lazy about it just because you've written a few things. doesn't mean that you've mastered the craft. Um, keep reading, keep studying, keep asking questions, keep learning from other people. Um, and, and, and know that you're never going to perfect, perfect it. Um, and that's okay. And so, um, and so just keep working at it, challenge yourself, um, and, and know that there's always room to grow, um, and that the ceiling's very high. Um, so lastly, one more, we'll share one more. There's a lot more on this article, so I encourage you to read it. You can uh, get the get the show notes. I think there's like 16 different ones. I only read a couple of them and talked about a couple of them. But one other one, when you think your story is as good as it can possibly be, sit down, take a deep breath, and demand that it be better. Ask yourself how. Tear it apart. Force greatness from anything that is even slightly questionable. Your job isn't to fill up space with words. It's to choose words that compel your readers to stay up all night to read. Best of luck with that. That's a great one. And that's where, when you come back to your work, however your rewriting, editing process is, um, I was just thinking today. Was, um, I'm working on a, on a on a book and kind of finishing it up. And I was thinking about how many times have I gone over this to kind of get it clean and get it nice and reading well. And it's amazing actually how many times you you actually do go over it. Um, and so I writing the rough draft as I'm writing the rough draft, I'm actually beginning to edit as I go. And so I'll write a chapter, come back the next day or, you know, whenever I come back to it, edit that work or edit a couple chapters and write some more and then come back and edit some more. So, um, and then when I'm done, um, I actually go over and I, I edit it, go through it again, uh, take another pass through it. And then I, I have an actual program that I, um, I run my manuscripts through, um, that just checks for spelling and grammar and, and just funky sentences. And so I'm looking at it again. So really by the time I'm done, um, even though I, I write very fast drafts and, um, edit pretty quickly and get things done pretty quickly. Um, it's actually been edited and rewritten probably five times or so. 
Um, and really kind of getting after this principle is to really make it the best that it can be. Say, you know, that sentence just doesn't work. And not just go, oh, that's fine. But but to really say, no, it doesn't work. I gotta I gotta rewrite that. I gotta make it sound better. I gotta change that or move that around. Um, but I want to say too with this one, and th- this is a, a a tough dance. So yes, we want to make our work the best it can be. Like Russell says here, you know, we want our readers to stay up all night, whatever we're writing. But don't get overly obsessed with it, because I think um, if I hear another writer say they've worked on a novel for seven years, I, I just think that's ridiculous. Um, cause they probably could have written 10 more stories or written 80 more books by that time. And I'm not nothing against that novel that took seven years. And it's usually the first one. That's usually the thing we just can't get out for some reason and we get hung up on. But I think there's an obsession and there's a, there's just this thing. We, we think there's a perfection. There's a, there's a, you know, I got to I just got to change this paragraph. I got to change this sentence. I got to change. And we just never get our work out. Just never, or never share it. Um, one of the things I love about indie publishing is that you can always go back and edit. You can always change things. I've, I've gone back, I've had people edit my work and gone back and change things and, or someone, you know, email me and say, Hey, did you see this on page, whatever, and, and fixed it. And, and that's the beauty of it is, is that we don't have, and we don't have to rework it all the time. It's up to you, but move on to the next thing, move on to the next thing. But strive for greatness, strive for, for a beautiful piece of, of, of art, um, a beautiful piece of work that has the story that you want to tell. Don't, don't degrade that. Don't minimize that, tear it apart, make it beautiful and then build it back up. And, um, so I, I hope these, these principles today from Russell Blake were helpful. I think they're really inspiring, uh, for me, they are hopefully for you. Uh, when you think about being prolific, I think a lot of these things, they all flow into how do we produce more words, produce more stories. A lot of these things are just really about resistance, um, and about fighting through, you know, when when we don't feel the muse, we don't have the energy. Um, some of this is just being too worried about what people are going to think, you know, and, and who's reading it or who's not, or or we're so worried about, well, I'm just not making very much money doing this. Is it even worth it? And so, um, all those things can, can sap our create creative energy. So Russell Blake, Hey, Ode to you, brother, um, 51 books in like four years is just absolutely amazing. And he writes really good stuff too. So check out his website, russellblake.com, go to Amazon. He's got a million books. He's got a million series out. I've read a couple of them and they're, they're wonderful, fun books. Um, but thanks for the inspiration. Thanks for challenging us and, um, helping us think about being prolific. So this is Ryan. Um, I'm going to be signing off. Uh, we have some uh, great interviews, uh, especially in the new year. So if you're listening to this, this is December, middle of December of 2016, but early uh, January and February of 2017, we have a bunch of uh, interviews with prolific writers lined up. It's just kind of a busy time of year. So I've been been working hard trying to get some of those lined up and it's been difficult with the holiday, but I'm excited for that. Hopefully you've enjoyed the first three episodes uh, of this podcast. Um, people are listening and loving what we're doing here and, and hopefully we'll just keep building on that momentum. Um, if you could do me a huge favor and go to iTunes and, and uh, the podcast is only on iTunes right now, but um, if you go to iTunes and you uh, leave a review that would really be helpful whether you like the show or not that's fine um, but love reviews helps people find um, find us iTunes is kind of a weird search thing but reviews really help and so if you like the show hey 
uh, leave a review. And, um, if you don't leave a review too. Um, also if you would like to, um, leave a comment or have questions you want me to discuss or people you want to bring on the show, leave that in the comments or on the website or email me or, or Facebook me or whatever. You can find all that on rockhousepublishing.com, rockhousepublishing.com. It's all there. You can find the, the podcast and other articles and resources and books. Of course, go buy the books. Um, and, uh, yeah, shoot me a note. Love to hear from you. Love to hear what's going on in your world, what you're working on, where you're struggling, um, and how we can all be more prolific together. So, Hey, I hope you have a great, uh, holiday. Um, I, you might get another episode before the holiday, but uh, if we don't talk to you, hope you have a great holiday and we'll definitely catch you at the beginning of next, uh, I guess it'd be 2017. How'd that happen? Man. Well, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for stopping by the Prolific Writer Podcast. Please leave a review on iTunes so we can help more writers share their stories with the world. And head over to rockhousepublishing.com for books, resources and other writing and publishing tips. See you next time.